was a level headed dancer on the road to alcohol. And I was just a soldier on my way to Montreal. What's up, everybody? Welcome into this week's episode of From Here It's Potable. Uh, we're going to be looking at the Iowa State game and all the terrible things that happened in Ames. I've got uh, Brandon Solis with me and Hunter Davidson of RedRaverSports.com looking at it and diving into it. Uh, so let's get started. All right, Hunter, Brandon, what's going on? Not much. Uh, another another week, you know, another loss. So uh, trying to get through that. Uh, Dak is done. So uh, yeah, it's Cowboys won, but it still feels like the third straight week of really bad football. And it was a close win at that too to the Giants. So I mean, you can I basically chalk it up as three bad weekends of football in a row. So. Yeah, I didn't like that because I have some Giants to win the NFC East futures that oh man would have had would have been in play had they won that game yeah no joke. so that was frustrating I thought they should have won yeah yeah I told Brandon before we got on here that I would have rather rewatched Dak's injury than the offensive performance on Saturday so that's where we are um, so I I mean let's just get into it I mean I I've got the the box score pulled up here. Mm-hmm. I think the first thing we can talk about um, is I'm looking at the the past text passing and, you know, Bowman was 13 for 22, 97 yards with a 27.8 QBR and Columbia was 10 for 12, 115 yards, one touchdown with an 84.5 QBR. I mean, that's, that's pretty dang good for Columbia. That is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, you haven't scored with uh, Allen since when the Texas game, and your only mm-hmm. first half score against Iowa State was a, um, a defense or a special teams touchdown. Yeah. So um, it's not going good for this Red, Red Raider offense. When you know the past few years we've been talking about this defense, and you know they gave you opportunities on Saturday, they did. Yeah, and uh, obviously they can give you more, and you want some, you want them to continue to get better. But um, now it's your offense where all the questions are surrounded. Even though you have these stud receivers, you have a stud running back who's not getting it done. Um, you had questions going in on the offensive line. Um, they're doing mediocre. I mean, they can everybody can just do better on that offense, and uh, it's just not improving. And it's I think it starts with Allen, as you could, as you said by those numbers, you can kind of tell where they probably need to go. So, yeah, Hunter, what do you think about the the quarterback? Is it even a controversy at this point, or like what are your thoughts? I really don't know. I mean, it sounded like based on Will's comments, the level going into halftime, we would see Columbia just start out. And they yeah. are still believing, you know, that uh, Bowman gives us the best chance to win. And I can't – I know as obvious as it may seem to us watching, I just f- refuse to believe that I know more than our coaches do. And now, now maybe they have enough information now to where – they think Columbia gives us a best, better chance of winning. And the fact that we put them in the game when we did indicates there is some thought to that, considering yeah. it's the first time he's played when Bowman was physically capable of playing. Right. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. I think it'll be – I anticipate it'll be Columbia. But, you know, I, yeah. I, I don't think a different quarterback would have made any difference on Saturday. They, they, we just – 
that was checkmate for our offense. Yeah. From well, a, from you, a scheme and player standpoint, that was it was a checkmate. Yeah, I guess the only thing I can think is, I mean, I don't think Iowa State had totally quit by the time Columbia had gone in. And I realized the sense of urgency wasn't there. And, and I would have liked to see Columbia against a, an Iowa State defense with a sense of urgency. But, I mean, it, the offense looked how I expected it to look. I mean, there was – I mean, this version of that Cyclone defense, they haven't been good against – like, if you can play action and, and protect long enough to hit a deep shot, they can't – they have not covered that well. And so that was kind of my hope going into the game. And you saw Columbia kind of run it a little better. Um, and, you know, I'm, you know, again, I'm just – I have the box score pulled up, and I'm just seeing, you know, Iowa State scores 10 points in the second half. That's it. You know, you score mm-hmm. eight. It's not good enough. But your defense comes out, gets you two straight stops when you're down 14. And to me, that I mean, that's all you can ask for. Yeah. And they had, what, 16 to 19 snaps the first half on offense. And your defense was out there for, I believe, 40 minutes total. I mean, you went 0-10 on third downs. I mean – and That's like we've ridiculous. talked, uh, Taylor, about how it seems like Allen just finds his first read and goes to him, which is usually the checkdown. Yeah. Which is, I mean, he's just afraid to throw it to. I don't know. I wouldn't be afraid to throw it to a TJ Vasher on the outside or Eric, who made a big play at the end. Like you said, we don't know what Iowa State really was, you know, feeling like mentally when you get to that point. I mean, they were just kind of coasting by then, but um, yeah. he still made you a great play in the end zone, and they they're playmakers. And we, I've always talked about how they need playmakers on offense, and we have them, but it's he's not really putting them in the spot to to really get the most out of them. And, uh, I mean, those young guys look really, really good, and if you're not giving them the chances, I mean, how, how, how else do you expect the season to go? Yeah, and, and I think that's, that's what it comes down to is me and Hunter talked last week about uh, – would you trade this skill group? You know, how, who would you trade this skill group with guys in the Big 12 with other teams? And there's not very many. Um, but then you, you look, you know, and I know, Hunter, you said it was, you know, that defense is kind of checkmate. But I still don't think, even in the Big 12, with the way things go, being shut out in the first half of two straight games, I, with the talent that we have, I, I think it's – there's deeper issues than like maybe maybe that's what you mean, but like there's deeper issues than just quarterback to me. Mm-hmm. Hunter, like it's almost like I was thinking about. Sorry, this. go ahead. I was thinking about this earlier, and when we're just if we're gonna stay on the topic of QBs, I mean I guess is Pat the last guy that was a, like a solidified starting quarterback for us? Because I mean, what McLean we had the whole was McLean Jet battle I think, or was it Bowman? I can't remember, but. Um, you haven't had like a solidified starting quarterback for continuous years until Allen, but that obviously hasn't even been the case because of his injuries. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. And yeah, go ahead, Hunter. Oh, I mean, I, no, I, yeah, the, the first two halves of the last two weeks, uh, yeah, we have not performed very well. Or, you know, nowhere near meet it what we could have done or what anybody reasonable would say the expectations are you know kicking two field goals I don't know how many possessions maybe 12 or so possessions kicking two mm-hmm. field goals and 12 possessions is just never gonna do it never gonna you're never gonna be able to win a big 12 game at Texas Tech doing that unless you just have some heroic defensive stuff going on like I hate to say it 
the, that rascal David Gibbs did a couple times when he was here. Like, um, <laughs> you know, pretty much the last time we played offense the way we did Saturday was 2018 Kansas State. We had 180 total yards, and we had about 110 yards on our first three drives of that game. And so, you know, we gained 70 yards in our yeah. last 10 possessions. And then yeah. in the third and fourth quarter, we were in the game because, because like our defense played yeah. well enough to keep us in it. Um, and we had like a safety, we had turnovers that set up like 10 yard drives for field goals. I mean, um, but it's just not something you're really going to be able to rely on it right now. And it's not like a slight on <laughs> our defense because that is a problem for every Big 12 team. If they're not, if you can, if you, if you're going through two first halves where you score, you kick attempt, not even make, but attempt two field goals. You, there's not many big, 12, there's just not many teams that you can't win that way. So, I, but as far as what the problem is or what, you know, I, Saturday was the situation and I've talked about it some where people who want to see different things out of the offense, I think are just not fooling themselves, but we don't do that. You know, we don't have, plays where we are dropping back we're making like four progressions through mm -hmm. both sides of the field yeah we don't have that within our no. offense that we, was a cliff thing our offense is based on these you know this smash mouth downhill running game with all these rpos off of it that gets mm -hmm. the ball really quickly out into space and if you listen to defensive coordinators it concerns them for the i mean yeah. everybody but mm -hmm. iowa state i mean they're like this yeah. is a problem for us to stop we have we're very concerned about getting the right numbers to stop the run and if we do that how are we going to tackle these guys in space uh, but it, from from our side of it if the other team is not reacting to those things and they're able to stop us from doing it without the reaction that we're trying to cause it's checkmate and it's in the same way that like you could say a triple option offense like if a defense doesn't have to play the option but can stop the option there's the triple option team has no choice i mean no right. chance they're not going to just suddenly start having these different plays where they can operate yeah so from a and maybe that is the quarter maybe that kind of leads to the quarterback question because the the way we played on saturday was just like we played last year against iowa state 50 out of 60 of Duffy's passes were less than 10 yards downfield. We yeah. ran the ball better. And so we were able to generate plays, uh, you know, more right. plays than we were this year, stay on the field at least. Uh, so it's just a matter of when we're facing a, a defense like Iowa State, we have to execute those plays. We've got yeah. to make them react to us in order to, to be able to do the deep shots that we have that are kind of based, you know, they have to come down and, and stop the run and stop us from doing these short passes. And if they don't yeah. do it, we're not going to throw it deep. Right. And that's something I really wanted to see more screens because that's how uh, Louisiana beat them is they threw like, and it's very counterintuitive to, to say like, okay, they're only rushing three and we're going to throw a screen behind it. Usually, I mean, you want screens to be blitz beaters most of the mm -hmm. time, especially to the running back. And you know, Louisiana was just like, we're going to throw these anyway and get our guys in space and hopefully get a few blocks. And they did, and they did it successfully. So I wanted to see some of that. And then I also, and then what that opened up against teams like TCU and OU really is they would pump those screens and then those safeties would come up to, to the bubble or to the snap or whatever. And then they're throwing behind it. And it was almost like, 
well, I don't I don't understand what, and I guess it's like Hunter said, like, why would I be expecting, you know, anything different, but we do run yeah. some screens. It's the why I thought it was kind of unusual. It, it's all of that leads me to think we went into that game. Like, let's not lose by 40. That that's kind of, and I, and, and I hate it. And I, and then, and that brings me to what I wanted to talk about next was, and Hunter, you had a post about it. And it was the, it was the thing that drove me absolutely nuts. I mean, I probably sent like four texts in a row in our group texts. I was so mad, but the, the decision to punt on fourth and four from the Iowa state 42, I, yeah. I couldn't believe it. Like, yeah, I don't know if Hunter, you want to kind of give a rundown. Right. Well, there is some, if you take a step back and look at it, it's early in the game. There's, there's been like three possessions each. It's 14 to seven. Um, and you've got the ball fourth and four at the 42 yard line going in. Yeah. So there's a lot of football left to be played. There's no, just like on the surface, there's no like, uh, oh my God, we really have to do something right here. The game's over standpoint. Mm-hmm. But when you're a, a five to one underdog, when the other team has gained 95% of their total yards to that point, yeah. and the only clinical the, on offense. The missing 5% was they actually gained those. It was just they didn't line up correctly. And so there was a penalty. <laughs> that called him back. And so, and then on the flip side, you know, we had run like 16 or 17 plays and had gained 50 yards to that point. You've got to, and that is the situation where making, kicking the ball, you know, you're reducing the variance as to how the game's going to be played out. Right. So you've got one team that is capable of X and you've got another team that's capable of X minus three, you know, because they're just not as good. If they play, if, if everybody's operating to decrease variance, the team that is better is going to win more often. Right. right? Yeah. I mean, and so as the team who is not as good and as the team who's down by a touchdown and as the team who to that point can't stop them. So right. the field position's re- irrelevant. We right. can't do anything on offense, meaning this is one of our few chances probably to score. You know, you've got to be pushing buttons that increase the variance between the two teams. And then we did not, you know, punting the ball there didn't do it. You know, we had right. a chance to really cause a, a, a big swing there just in terms of the expected points moving forward for both yeah. teams. We could have really increased theirs by going for it and missing it. Could have increased ours by throwing it in the end zone on fourth down. Maybe the one time they they probably were kind of respecting the short stuff mm-hmm. or a run play. Right. Um, but instead, you know, you punt it, and uh, it was a great punt. We probably should have downed it within with inside the five. I don't think that would have mattered. I still think no. they would have gone 98 yards instead of 80 like they did. Right. Um, but, you know, that was – to me, the not going – that one was a bad decision. I would have not doing anything when our last possession of the first yeah, half yeah. is even, no. even worse <laughs> yeah. uh, than that one. Yeah. Because with that play. one, we're, we're talking about the, the reason why we didn't do it is we were mm-hmm. worried about putting our defense back out there. Yeah. Well, there's – most of the time, Iowa State isn't going to try to score – on right. their last possession. I mean, we're going to run right. 30 or 40 seconds. We're going to punt the ball. If they even, They're going to take a knee. So, some teams may not even catch the punt right. in that situation because they don't want to muff it because it's one of the only ways they can lose is muffing yeah. a punt inside the 10 or something with no time left in the half. Uh, so it's just the risk of them scoring again was so small that, you know, I, I don't really understand not doing anything with that possession. But – yeah, those two those two decisions to me are uh, 
just, uh, like you said, it made me feel like we were trying to keep it close as opposed to trying to win the game, trying mm-hmm. to score more points than, they, than Iowa State. Yeah. And Brandon, what do you to, think about that? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about the players and what was going through their mind. I mean, you're down by a touchdown. You know that that's a tough place for you to play uh, historically the past five years. Um, why not just put it all out there and just go go for it and just I'm I'm just trying to think if I'm you know that offense and I, you're not already getting you're not getting in a rhythm already you've been struggling maybe that's your play that you make and you kind of just get things turned around yeah and um, he didn't give you that chance and he kind of saying he's kind of saying you know well, I'm gonna trust the the stats here and just say we're not gonna make it because obviously if they wouldn't have made it then it would have been I mean would anybody have been shocked I mean against that defense i mean oh no you, i mean yeah you would have to have somebody make a play yeah. which you hadn't had all day yeah but man that's the deal it's like it's like you said though it's it's almost more about the mentality mm-hmm. of you that you want your team to have because it's like we're gonna go in there not lay down kind of deal like, yeah because by that point when they didn't go for it i started thinking something's kind of fishy here. Like we've seen Wells go for things that yeah. I'm like, I don't know if I would have gone for that. Um, and then, and then like Hunter pointed out the, 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 you know, 80 seconds left and you just kind of run out the clock. That to me, I mean, yeah. I stopped watching at that point. I mean, I went back and finished yesterday, last night, but I mean, I was like, I got, I got stuff to do. And, and if, and if they aren't going to attempt to win the game, I'll watch this at my own speed later. Um, and so, like, I kept up with our texts and I kept up with the with kind of the live <clears throat> box score. But, I mean, I was done. I mean, it was just like, why waste my time when, when my feeling after those two decisions were, okay, this is just – we just want this to be a respectable loss. And I get yeah. that, you know, that's probably not what, you know, the, what was ever said. Yeah. But yeah. – your your actions kind of speak mm-hmm. loud to me. Uh, yeah, no, fr- frankly, there's, there's only so many ways that you can win a game when you just get completely dominated and keep blocking a kick and returning it for a touchdown is one. And then another way is on fourth and four at the 42-yard line, scoring a touchdown on that possession Yeah, is how you do it. Right. Yep. If you combine that with blocking a kick and returning it for a touchdown, yeah. And suddenly you're you're in the half, and it's like twenty-one fourteen, um, or, or something like that. And you're, and you're kind of thinking there is no way that this game should be twenty-one fourteen. Right. Yet, yeah. It is. And yeah. and it's kind of like that. The game script from Saturdays is is like we. I think we've almost seen it before, but from like the opposite perspective. Like uh, when Tech can find ways to lose games we shouldn't it's because whoever we're playing blocks the kick takes it back for a touchdown goes for it on fourth down you know mm-hmm. there's a pen a pass interference penalty or something that can that they convert on it mm-hmm. you know that it's like you know if we're going to lose games like that on occasion as a program we need to at least put ourselves in a chance to be on the opposite side of it a couple right. times to, to, mm-hmm. you know, to even out and we uh, you know i don't think we gave ourselves a chance really uh, to win a game where we got our asses just completely kicked. Yeah. And it sounds weird to say, but there, it's possible. You can win a game like that. Oh yeah. I mean, you see it a lot. You know, you, I feel like you see it more in the NFL where it's like, yeah. 
<clears throat> you know, you'll go into halftime. You'll go be in, yeah, the Cowboys. You'll go into halftime and be like, how is this game a one-possession yeah. game? You know, like whatever team has dominated the entire first half and, you know, here we are and this thing could go either way. And it's like I wrote today in my, my Yoast column, it was just when you, when you go into a game where – and I don't really think Iowa State is that much more talented than we are. They just are a horrible matchup. And when you go into a game like that where the matchups are just against you, I just – I can't wrap my, my mind around going after that conservatively, especially being in the position that Texas Tech is in right now where they lose a game they never should have lost to Texas. Well, before that, should have lost to Houston Baptist. Should have won and didn't against Texas. And then put yourself again in a position to win after playing horribly – to be Kansas State against the backup quarterback. I don't see, like, we're not in a position to go up there and lose close. I mean, we can see the way the, the – the, and I don't know we live in kind of a, a vortex of hot sports opinions on the on the, on RedRaiderSports.com, but look at what the – look at what the, the, the message board is like after a game like that where you basically go out there and lay down. I mean, it's the most united I've seen this fan base in a long time. <laughs> Yeah, that's for sure. You weren't the only one that uh, stopped watching. You know, I mean, that's yeah, yeah. I mean, like, and it'd be nice to get you know reasons or answers that are uh, beyond. I didn't think we'd get a first down. Yeah, because if you don't, you know, if you don't think you can get a first down, maybe you shouldn't have the same quarterback come out on the next possession, right? Or, yeah, or let's other. do some things differently. <laughs> or if, you, if you don't think you can gain a first down, I would I would be expecting some wholesale changes. Not not now because it's not feasible, but over the spring, right. which I don't – and I don't think there will be. You know, I think yeah. like Yost is his guy. And I like – I mean, I like Yost, to be honest with you. I think he yeah. has a plan. I think there are some holes in his plan, but there are yeah. with every offense. And I'm, I have not – you know, I've been disappointed to some extent about how our offense has, you know, uh, scored points just in terms of when we play well, we haven't scored that much or as much as I right. thought. And then yeah. there are times where we just don't play well at all, which happens to every offense. But I guess my point is if that is the why we're not going forward on fourth and four, we're not trying to score before the half, uh, we've got some serious, serious problems, right? If you don't think you can gain a first down, what are we doing? Right. Yeah. And that was my point. And I think all of us were saying like, let's expect Columbia here in the second half or something, because I mean, what, I, I I don't understand how you can not ask and maybe they are. And then that's kind of what I want to talk about next is, you know, maybe they are asking themselves some serious questions going into the bye week and what can they do against West Virginia in two weeks. But you know, I was encouraged by – we did see some 21 personnel, which we hadn't seen. And to me, it looked good. I mean, you got Xavier White running a seam mm-hmm. on a linebacker and Bowman just didn't want any part of it and checked it down to Sir Roderick Thompson. Sorry, my dog. Um, checked it down to Sir Roderick Thompson um, and still gained nine yards. But, I mean, what, what – so let's look at the offense first. Like, Brandon, what do you think can be done differently between now? Because, I mean, it's like I said, people are calling for Yost's head 
you said what 12 games into the year or yeah. to his career that's not a good that, that's never where i thought we would be a unified fan base wanting to get rid of a guy mm-hmm. so like what do what do we do offensively moving forward to at least give a chance to win you know i was going to bring it up earlier and ask y'all but i mean do you put all the blame on alan bowman because that's my change I think you, I th- when Henry Columbia's out there, this offense looks like it's it's running smoothly and it's more in a rhythm. It's it's more of a well-oiled machine, and you're kind of just getting getting into a groove with him out there. And then he also brings the running element. Is he going to go out there and win every single game on the schedule? No, he's not. But I mean, he he looks like he the whole team, the whole offense is more comfortable with him. And then your offensive line play, like I said, I mean, I'm still trying to see where I'm uh trying to gauge gauge them and stuff because obviously jack i think jack anderson's a really talented talented guard and then obviously dawson deaton and you got some solid transfers in and you know i think they have the the keys there i just think it comes back to alan bowman just might not be the guy and that's that's my change i mean i'm i'm rolling out with henry columbia just because like i said they just look like they're more comfortable with him and he's given his receiver chances yeah. i mean he's not just checking it down every time and and obviously we've we've been talking about checkdowns and those are sometimes, you know, obviously needed. Um, sometimes those are big plays that can turn for you when you need to check it down. But um, I think Henry's just a little more comfortable with, you know, making a play and he's, he's more obviously, like I said, more mobile. So I'd make, I'd start with the change right there and um, see how he gets going. And maybe even putting Xavier white as your first string running back. I mean, he had that Kansas state game and then Sirajit just couldn't really get it going against Iowa state. And that's probably a defensive thing, but um I think you kind of go back to what was working like a week ago and just see if you can get, I mean, they have two weeks to get comfortable if they make a decision pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm I'm hoping that's what happens. I think that's where the change needs to come and it's just getting Columbia the ball. You brought him in here for a reason and he knows your system. So, Yeah. Hunter, what do you think moving forward, looking at the offense, like what do you want to see? What are you hoping that Wells and Yost and the offensive staff are doing in this bye week? Well, I, this might be a frustrating answer, but I mean, I hope we don't change it. I hope we just do what we do, because this is with been Bowman. Plan. This has been well. No, I, I, that part I don't care about. I, I'm talking okay. just in terms of our identity of mm-hmm. running the ball, and then the extension of the run game, the the RPO quick stuff, right? Like to me, scrapping that. It's not something you really do right now at this point. Oh, yeah. 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 Especially when you banked reps up until this point that should be, you know, paying dividends, right? And it just seems like um, it would be the knee jerk reaction to try to like wholesale ch- do anything different. With with that said, and I'll be interested to hear from, from y'all. Um, so in the last two games, um, Columbia's draw back 67 times, Bowman 30 times. Seems really low for Bowman. Um, yeah. But yeah. Of those of those drawbacks, Bowman had the ball in his hand for more than two and a half seconds seven times. So he's four for seven, no touchdowns, 66 passer rating. Mm-hmm. Um, 27 of, of Columbia's drawbacks, he had the ball for more than two and a half seconds. Now, four of those he was sacked. Right. Okay. Which is going to happen. Uh, and then nine of those he scrambled. Right. Okay. And, but the other 14 times when he threw it, he was 13 of 14. Oh, wow. wow. Touchdown, and he's got a 140 NFL passer rating. So Jeez. the offense 
it kind of makes me wonder, I'm talking about variance a lot, right? Like if we're not very good, if we're, bad, yeah. if we're not as good as the opponent, we need to increase variance. Um, these, the two and a, you know, holding the, the offense with Bowman where we're doing our RPO stuff and getting the ball out quick. Like um, I think that is a kind of a low variance offense, right? It's yeah. low skill, low difficulty level plays. Yep. We're trying to gain four yards, five yards, five yards, five yards, maybe hit him for a shot. Um, but with Columbia, you look at this and it's like, you know, we've got the ball. He's back there kind of running for his life and something really, really bad can happen. Something really good could happen too. And it's, you know, if, if we are going to be rolling with Columbia, as far as things that are going to look different, whether it's something intentional or not, probably going to see more big plays. Yeah. You're going to see some sacks, some, you know. Some I was going to say that ex- that explains so why it, um, the O line didn't have uh, any sacks allowed, right? I mean, I'm that's sorry? that that's why the O line through what two right. three weeks yeah, they I had. Think going, yeah, going into this year, there was some thing that was put out where you know Tech had allowed the lowest number of sacks uh-huh. per in the country by a huge margin. Like yeah. ours was like fourteen percent. I think Virginia was second with like in the t- low twenties, and so because you know like two seconds. So it's that's uh, part of our offense, right? But mm-hmm. with Columbia, just by the nature of maybe he doesn't know run it as well run it as as Bowman in terms of just getting us into a play that is a you know within the system and getting it out really quick mm-hmm. or running it. You know, you're, you'll see a lot more kind of the run, run, running for his life type stuff, which <laughs> has moved the ball. Right. Yeah, and, and I almost wonder too. And I feel bad. Like, that's why I'm my, my Yost calling today. I didn't go in to it, you know, want to just throw Bowman under the bus because I think a lot of his issues stem from his – it's almost injury PTSD. Like, you can almost see it in the pocket where he feels pressure that's not even there. And, that, and I think that's why he's checking down. I mean, heck, if I had two collapsed lungs or whatever, I'd, I'd probably be the same way. And so – I think, and I think some of it is coached, you know, after his two picks against Texas that kind of cost you the game, I think you're telling him, like, you better not throw game, you know, changing interceptions. But I don't think you can play quarterback that way. I think you've got you've to take some chances or you're going to see an offense like we've seen the past few weeks that's very easy to defend. Um, and so I don't know. I, I want to see Columbia out there. And I don't even know if it's going to be any better, but – it's like you said, Hunter, I think we'll see a greater variance. I think we'll see higher highs, but we might see lower lows, although it's hard to be lower than what we've been the past two weeks. Um, but, but overall, just giving you a chance on plays that maybe shouldn't. We, he escapes a tackle, sidesteps a rusher, and somebody's open a half second later that weren't you know, a half second before. Um, and I know we're, we're running out of time here, um, but the last thing I want to ask you guys is with – and this may just be a Red Raider Sports Twitter world thing, and the average fan doesn't even think about it. But with all the kind of uproar about the tenure of Matt Wells so far at Texas Tech, Brandon, I'll ask you first. What do you think? Like, what do you think of it? Like, what do you think that we're having these kind of discussions? A couple, you know, not even a year and a half into his tenure. I mean, a season I, it, and a half, I should say. Yeah, it goes to say just how much this program has struggled the past decade. Um, yeah, you could probably bring in Nick Saban in here, and he wouldn't turn it around in in a year. 
yeah. you know, and it's just, it, he, he came into, he inherited a bad program. He's trying to f- turn it around. I've liked what I've seen from him recruiting wise. Cause I think he's got a lot of young guys that are going to be impact players down the road, but what he's getting now, what he's receiving is the, you know, just everything kind of just boiled up from Cliff's years, the Tuberville years, all of those years, not making bowl games consistently. That's all now being poured on him. And it's just making him look, making his job look a lot worse when, you know, like I said, he inherited something that was not going to just change overnight. And then you mix in COVID. I mean, obviously everybody can use that excuse or not use that excuse, but um, I just think everything just kind of is being put on him. But I do understand where that frustration is coming from with the, yeah. uh, with the decisions that we talked about earlier, the fourth downs and, you know, the stuff like that, that maybe he's just needs to learn how, how to play in the big 12. So yeah. um, I just think it's kind of just all boiled up and we're just seeing that frustration at a peak. Right. Hunter, what about you? Yeah, I mean, we've won in his career, I guess, or in his brief tenure, we've we've lost every game we were supposed to lose mm-hmm. except two. Kansas last year, we lost as like a three-point favorite. And yeah. then Oklahoma State last year, we won as like a 10-point underdog. Right. So from like a wins over expectation standpoint, he's completely even, right? Yeah. Um, of course, like, you know, there's some coin flip. There's really just one, the one coin flip game to throw in, which was Kansas State, where it was pretty much 50-50, and we ended up losing. So, I mean, I guess that just speaks to it's a tough situation, right? It's mm-hmm. tough to win in this conference, and it's tough to win in this conference when, unfortunately, you don't have as good of players as other, as other teams, and the margins are super, super tight, and so – the difference between us and, and these other teams, while it might not be very, very big, uh, it's something that you, you've got to overcome. And if, mm-hmm. and if you're playing 10 or 11 Big 12 games, it's not a large enough sample to, to know whether or not we have the ability to overcome that margin or whether we – to know whether or not we can create talent to close the gap, right, to where we yeah. don't have that margin. So, I mean – it's sitting here today. I can't, it's, I don't, it's can't say one way or the other, like that he's in over his head or that he'll just never get our talent up enough to a point where he compete, or he's not just a X's and O's standpoint, good enough to overcome any kind of gap like that. But at the same time, when he makes decisions like the two we've talked about that are, can kind of easily be criticized, he's not you know doing his cause any favors, but it, but also, you know, I can't say that without also making the disclaimer that, there hasn't been just like a ton of these in my opinion. And we're, we're also talking about decisions that coaches make all the time at every level of football. Oh, yeah. you watch a game and you're going to see them punt the ball when the math says they shouldn't yep. and they're going to do stupid things. Right. So I talked about Tom Herman against TCU right before half, you know, they've got Sam Ellinger and they've got an offense that can, can, score some points and they did the same thing they just yeah. you basically ran the ball out went into the half and they end up losing a game by a couple points and you just start wondering you know they gave away a possession and every possession is worth points and that was not a good you know i'm sure tom herman probably wishes he could have that one back and and, and maybe try to score before half they, they might win that win that game but yeah. what, you know like forgetting the downs on texas there's one you can probably throw in 
Although, he, you know, his explanation, he said he looked and saw a sign that said it was second or third down. So, I mm-hmm. mean, it's not like he, uh, like, fundamentally, like, his, like these decisions, the ones we're talking about in the Iowa State game are way more concerning than him thinking the wrong down, seeing the wrong down, because the yeah. two Iowa State, those are, like, process-level kind of things that make you question, um, you know, if we're punting the ball in that situation – I, to me, it's not really defendable. But again, yeah. especially make, with this explanation, right? Coaches make yeah. those same decisions all the time. So I mean, we're, if we're trying to like, if the issue is finding a coach who's going to make the right decision every single time, <laughs> it's going to be really hard to do that. Yeah, we saw Tom Brady even forget the play. What, the down, last right? week? Yeah, he forgot right. the down. The down. Yeah. yeah, he thought it was third, but it was fourth. And then also, I was wondering since Hunter was actually talking about it before we wrap up here. I mean, I'm I'm assuming that Matt Wells has the final call on what we're doing, because I mean, or is it Coach Yost, or does he consult with Coach Yost and say, "Hey, do you feel comfortable with this?" I'm sure the way I would understand the way most coaching staffs would work is, you know, Wells would say, "Let's go for it here. Do we have a play?" Or, you know, or we're not going. Like it is Wells' call, but I'm sure he consults with whatever coordinator. He needs mm-hmm. to, but yeah, I'd, I'd imagine too. It's also Wills would be telling the coordinator on third down. You know, like, oh yeah, we're yeah. going for it. Yeah. yeah, okay. Just yeah, FYI, right. you're calling this third down play. We we're, we're probably going to go for it if we don't yeah. get it. And I think that's why you've seen some you've seen some runs on third and long just to get a more manageable fourth down. Heck, the one the fourth down they did go for when Xavier Wright was got stopped in the like right in the hole. I think, you know, they ran it on third and eight. I mean, you know you're going for it if you're running it on third and eight. Um, And just to kind of – what I said before the season was Wells had a very hard job to get this program – excuse me, let's get this program going in the right direction. Um, Like he would have to be a Matt level – or sorry, Matt Campbell level coach to do it. Um, And there are just not that many guys like that. Um, And so – I think it's a, it's probably unfair, you know, to start asking where do we protest, you know, you yeah. know this higher or whatever. Um, but at the same time, like it's not, it's it's more probable that he is not the guy to get the program turned around as he is the guy. That'd be just because of where Texas Tech football has been, and so, and then that's where I'm kind of caught off with the whole discussion is because. Yeah, chances are no. This is this is not the guy who's going to turn this program program around. But would you even know at this point? I don't know. I don't know. Like, and, the, and the same can be said about anybody else. Yeah, you look at. We've kind of talked about it. There's like a thirty percent chance that whoever you hire is going to be right. a quote unquote air quotes you know successful hire. Yeah. So, to you know, it's really easy to pick it off from from the outset and say well, he's not going to work. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean you got about a 70% chance of being right. If that's yeah. <laughs> you so, might as well just do that every time. Yeah. And I'm, you know, you look PJ Fleck, right. At this right. point in his tenure, he was a two and 11 in the big 10. Mm-hmm. He had lost his only wins were against like an zero and nine Illinois team. It's like a, in the conference and then like a mm-hmm. three win Nebraska team. They've been yeah. blown out badly, like in nearly every one of their losses. And he ends up kind of, turning a two and five or a start to a second year into a six and six t- season. And I think they win their bowl game. And then the next year they're in a BCS bowl. I mean, right. all hope is not lost. Right. I mean, yeah. no matter what, 
things are never as bad as they seem. Yeah. Is, is, is Matt Wells the next P.J. Fleck? Probably not. It's yeah. unlikely, but it's certainly possible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't, you, you can't count anybody out. As long as we've got, um, you know, guys on scholarship preparing to win a game, we've got a chance to win. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. That's a really good point about Fleck because, you know, I look at Matt Campbell's second year and he was just – the Iowa State was just obviously better the second season from the get-go. Yeah. Actually, I don't even think from the get-go, but early. Um, but I had forgot, you know, Fleck was home run higher. Everybody thought, you know, wow, Minnesota, what a great job. And I would totally forgotten that he had started his second year 2-5, and five, you know, because – Four straight conference losses. Yeah. I mean, to start I, his second year. I that is that is really kind of uh, perspective shifting for me to think that you know what if Tech goes out and wins the rest of their games you know loses to OU which to me I is possible and, you know what do we think of what do we think of the season now are we still looking at where to protest like I don't know like it's it's it, that's a very good very good stat for perspective to realize like how early we still are in this whole process. Um, but a lot of it just comes down to, like you said, Hunter, I mean, so many people were against the hire to begin with that the moment you can look and say, look, I was right. <clears throat> There's just going to be more and more people jumping on that. So but we, we don't have a choice. I mean, I, I know maybe it's cathartic to just express your thoughts that, you, you know, I knew this was going to be a bad hire and here I am proven right. But, right. Um, it's not very productive and, and you know, our players can see things that are out there as much as we don't want to admit that, you know, our fans kind of being so negative, as negative as they are, it has no impact. It, it can. I mean, yeah. uh, this is big time football. So it's uh, at some point, it's actually kind of a good news, good thing that we have that because yeah. every big time football program has a shit pile of idiotic, fans to get on the internet <laughs> and whine and moan at everything that can possibly go wrong. Right. So, you know, we are, we have some things in common with the big boys <laughs> in that respect. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like I said, it's just, it's so early and yeah, things look bad right now. Um, you, you lose three straight at anything. I mean, if, if tech basketball loses three straight people oh. are, yeah. Oh yeah. They were trying to they, every yeah, Beard was an idiot. He, yeah. he, he can't win a close game. We lose yeah. it every time. We don't know when to foul at the end. Right. You know, that's what that's what he says, right? And yep. you, you win a couple games and it's uh, car washes and free chips and queso and then you lose <laughs> a few and suddenly everybody thinks you can't play your coach. It's just yeah. life in the in the Big Twelve. We've had a lot of life experiences in the Big Twelve, yep. it seems like, as a yes. football program. Yep. No doubt. Well, I guess we'll get out of here. If uh, anybody got anything else on Iowa State or the bye week before we move on? Uh, no, no COVID test. So that's a good, that's a good thing. Yeah, I just saw that. Uh, no positives. So especially with the Baylor news. I mean, yeah. they had. Let me let me pull it up I because I want to get staff number. members. For yeah, football. and it was like twenty six, twenty eight, yeah, twenty eight, twenty eight, twenty six. Yeah. I mean that's significant. Um, so yeah, we could be at least we're talking about football. Um, yeah, we have it. Or, unless so. things unless things just obviously dramatically change, but for now you're looking pretty good. So, and then yeah. we had some beard fireside chat. So that's another positive. They're on a retreat. So 
There you go. Now, our basketball team, we're going to be pretty good. I'm pretty sure. We're close you know, to we, it. We've got a roster that I just can't imagine. There aren't more than 10 teams in the country that would trade rosters with us. Yeah, no, they yeah. are, as, as, assuming we get the McClung waiver. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. We're getting close to, to happy yeah. times. And I, I yeah, also so think we'll get some high-profile non-conference games if there is kind of like a bubble – Right. You know, once that's set up, I just have a feeling, you know, that we'll be able to get some marquee type games. Mm-hmm. So. Well, that is some. That's that's a good note to end on. <clears throat> we yeah. always have basketball, uh, which couldn't. I don't. Still kind of weird that saying that. Like, don't worry, Tech fans. We still have basketball. So, uh, but it's <laughs> it's it's a good thing. So, yeah. Next week, I think we'll we'll do a mailbag, and I'll, I'll post it on the site. Um, kind of looking forward to the remaining games and, and whatever. So we'll do that next week. But until then, thanks, guys, and we'll talk to you all later. Switch it up